You always want a game to communicate its ideas clearly, right? It's frustrating when a game doesn't communicate enough. And then, there are games that communicate too much. Box Boy and the Pacing of Puzzles, tonight on the Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. Richard, how are you doing? Hey, doing pretty well myself. Or wait, should I be calling you by a screen name? I don't know, you ruined it. <laughs> everybody knows Everybody knows I'm not a robot. <laughs> Kirby Kid? Hey, what's Kirby up? Kid isn't a robot name. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. so, been playing Box Boy, sure, and Smash Brothers. The only two games you need to own for your 3DS. Uh, boy. Because oh, <laughs> once you get tired of Box Boy, you can play Smash Brothers all day. Yay! <laughs> what if you get tired of Smash Brothers? That's not possible. <laughs> it's not Box Boy. Am I right? Yeah, I got okay. tired of Box Boy uh, after the first stage. Wario <laughs> uh, <laughs> fan, how have you been doing? I've been doing good, actually. All right. Adrian? <laughs> or, sorry, I didn't uh, mean to. No, it's fine. My well-being isn't good enough for you anymore. You, you got what you needed. <laughs> I'm doing okay. My summer break is cut short because summer classes actually start next week. Uh, I've been playing Valkyrie Chronicles, which uh, you all got to witness me getting wrecked in Chapter 9. And then I played Castlevania Legacy of Darkness after that. And Shouty, how are you doing? Uh... Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds uh, affirmative. Zanrio, how are you doing? I'm okay. Kirby Kid, what's the game you've been playing recently? Smash Brothers, yay! But actually, uh, because of Box Boy, I've been looking into puzzle games, and I heard about one that came out a few days ago on PC, Steam. It's called Snakebird. And as you might imagine... It has. It's like Snake in that you worm around your character, and if you eat fruits, you get longer. But you're a bird, and you have to figure out your way through the little obstacle course to get to the end of the level. It's pretty neat. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'd play that. <laughs> Why are you a fan? What games have you been playing? I've kind of been playing what could be regarded as uh, two games that are entries in series that are highly controversial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those being Paper Mario Sticker Star and Final Fantasy VIII. Oh. Yeah. So why are those How are you playing two RPGs at once? It, because I'm a master. <laughs> <laughs> I, if well, one of them is barely me, an RPG. <laughs> I'm also playing these two on the side, so, you know, I'm just... Oh, goodness. Oh, God. <laughs> so what's controversial about eight? Oh, boy. Well... I would imagine it's probably to do mostly with the battle system and how uh, how complicated it is <laughs> with junctioning magic and stuff like that. You can't even really use uh, items until you have a summon equipped to you. That uh... so you have to equip the summon to equip other things. It's it's all bizarre and layered, and and magic isn't even something you buy. It's something you sort of steal from monsters. <laughs> And, okay. uh, 
Huh? So everyone's a blue mage? Yeah, kind of. I thought Persis was the only blue mage. Um, also, there's this thing about uh, level scaling, where the enemies kind of level up with you, so that's probably the sour spot for most people. But uh, for me, I'm sort of adjusting to the to the world around me there. So I, I'm getting used to how it plays, and I, I'm kind of getting the hang of uh, of the world of Final Fantasy VIII. And it's complex. That's not even getting into the story. What? That's not even getting into the story. Yeah, I'm uh, not that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it sounds like you're taking eight on its own terms. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm sort of judging it as if it was its own little thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, Shouty, what games are... Wait. I wanted to go in order. Uh, Adrian, what games have you been playing? Oh, uh, it was Valkyria Chronicles, Castlevania Legacy of Darkness, and I forgot to mention Demon's Souls earlier. While we were watching Castlevania, I actually noticed you were facing quite a few bosses. Yeah. I faced how many... I faced that serpent dragon on the bridge in level 1. You fight the giant skeleton twice in the Forest of Silence. And then you fight the snake skeleton dragon in the middle of level 3. And there's also yeah. the weird, uh, the boss that had a meter, but not the boss music. Oh yeah, that one. The little weird tiger skin thing. I don't remember what that was. And then when they just throw a bunch of skeletons at you that you got beat up. <laughs> Do you like the bosses? So far, yeah. Uh, you get to them a lot quicker than in Demon Souls, that's for sure. Uh, I had to get through fixing all the audio, and one thing I noticed is that I went through like the first three, I think even four hours before I fought my first boss. So, yeah. Well, that game only has a handful of bosses anyway. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Shouty, what have you been playing? No, I've been playing Kiryaku Megami Tensei, which is the remake of um, Megami Tensei 1 and 2. What console is that? Super Nintendo. Or Phantom of Con, since it was never released here. Okay, so it's a fan translation. Yeah. You're finally getting around to that? Oh, no, I've I've already done it, but I'm doing it again. Oh. Oh, it's a replay. Yeah. So this must be a good one. Well, I'm replaying the first part. I didn't get into the second part that much, but I wanted to, I wanted to get back into the second one, but I didn't want to do it without doing the first one again. I got you. So, uh, I guess, what kind of game is that? Is that a uh, dungeon crawler? Yeah, pretty much. Is it pretty standard dungeon crawling business? Yeah, it's like one of the first ones. Okay. Better or worse than Shining in the Darkness? I don't... I've never played that. Oh. Well, it's probably better than Wizardry. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Alright. I mean, it, it's, it has some SNES-era sensibilities as oh. opposed to... When it was released on NES. So it's one of those. Yeah. Now, what is a uh, SNES era sensibility? Saves. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like more frequent saves. Well, no, you can in, in the original Megami Tensei, you couldn't save at all. You had to rely on passwords. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I bet it's no Kid Icarus either. I suppose. I mean, I'd say the passwords are about the same length as those games. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Yeah, but it's an RPG where you're going to be making multiple saves, so it's like you don't know when you're going to stop playing. Yeah. All right. Just password to take down. I like battery backup. 
Yeah, batteries are good. Sanrio, what games have you been yes. playing? Well, I've been playing various different stuff, but I can say I've finally been playing Gun Vault. Oh, nice. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally. Whoops. Yes. So how is it so far? I like it. So, Let's see, yes. have, you, have you gotten much into the scoring system at all? No, I've, I've just been trying to get you know, points for that one achievement. Uh, is, is there a high score achievement? Yeah, there's uh, always sort of a kudos thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been trying to get that. Otherwise, I haven't paid much attention to scores and just tried to get to a level. Okay. Yeah, the levels are fine just by themselves. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I just asked which of the bosses have you beaten? Well, I've beaten all of them. Damn. <laughs> all of them. So now I'm at the boss rush stage. Uh. Do you have to fight all of them? Or just a few? Like, all I think you have to fight all of them. There's, split there's a There is a checkpoint. Yeah, there are, there are checkpoints and the, the bosses aren't that difficult. No, not that we've like... tried a few times. But there's, there's a checkpoint to okay, get now. Yeah, between each boss. Yeah. So I, I think. No, not so between at, each boss. I, after the, after I, I the died there and got sent all the way back to the start. Yeah, it might only be yeah. after the third one. Yeah, after Viper. Yeah, okay. That so uh, are we going to redo the Gunvolt podcast then with Zanrio's input finally? <laughs> yes. You can do it. Why don't you do it? Well, we <laughs> have to recreate. The, we can just dub Zanrio's comments over. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> it's only fair. I mean, we we kind of messed up there. It's your fault. You're How is it my fault? <laughs> <laughs> I hold everything that Nintendo does wrong. It's your responsibility. Uh, are you blaming me for love hotels? Yeah, am. <laughs> oh, oh dear God. <laughs> All right, and well, on that. <laughs> With 17, count them, 17 worlds in its main campaign, Box Boy has a ton of ideas. How much care does it take to introduce each one, and how much mileage does each idea get? This time I wanted to get at progression in Box Boy, how often it introduces new ideas in the Xandrio, how often would you say Box Boy introduces a new idea? Every new world. Okay. And that'll be like eight, seven or eight levels? Yeah. Yes. Alright. And Wario Fan, how much deviation would you say Box Boy gets out of each element that it introduces? How do you mean deviation? So an element will have so many different <laughs> ways they can use it in a level. Oh, so like how many different ways you can do like a, a snaking trick or a hook trick. Yeah. Well, I would say definitely anything that uses that challenges Box Boy to make a, some interesting shape to progress would count as a deviation, I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah, so so I mean there's there's a lot of that going on especially when you get to some of the later levels like you're you're trying to combine snaking with uh, stickies or something like that. Yeah. 
How often would you say it happens in the earlier levels, though? Well, probably not so much since they're getting you to have the hang of um, Box Boy's arsenal of block making. I mean, QB's arsenal of block making. Right. It's so easy to... God. <laughs> <laughs> so is that to say there's a lot of repetition? I Probably just in the earlier stages, I'd say. But once you get into the later levels, I feel like that there's all sorts of different tricks you're trying out that you never thought about before. Or some that you're given like a, a second thought to. Like, gosh, I can't think of a specific example, but like, there were situations where like, like, I, I wouldn't think to wait on spikes, but I, tricking it around with the ledge building, you can get off the spikes. So that's kind of clever. Yeah, I gotcha. They find ways to spruce up old elements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shouty, how often would you say Box Boy blends different elements together? Very rarely. Well, I mean, when you say elements, do you mean level design elements or mechanics uh, that Box Boy himself can use? Level design elements, because I think yeah, maybe it, is... maybe this is speaking to an assumption on my part, but it seems like most of the deviation in Box Boy comes from things they put in the level rather than things that Box Boy himself does. Yeah, so in that respect, there is very little blending in terms of um, the level design gimmicks. Because uh, the first few level, uh, first few worlds are very basic, so those were meant to just test QB's basic uh, abilities. And I guess those were scattered about through the, the level gimmicks introduced throughout the game. But um, not until uh, in the post-game are the, those tricky gimmicks are blended in the later worlds. Yeah, the the most recurring thing in the standard levels are probably lasers, spikes, bottomless pits, and switches. Switches, yeah. So you have Box Boy has this pacing where one idea is introduced maybe every seven or eight levels, and also you never get a blending of ideas. So you get this uh, really strong focus on one element at a time. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's get a really yes. good idea of um, how Box Boy progresses, at least to the end of the game, right? Did we all beat it? Yes. Yeah. I, sorry, I can't speak for everyone. You can if if you're right. <laughs> I think everybody's beaten it, yeah. Did everyone at least get to World 17? Yes. Okay. And did anyone at least get one World past 17? Yes. Uh, okay, then. You, hey, you wait, know, wait. Spoilers. <laughs> Wait, how far did you get? Wait, wait, whatever. I saw the credits. <laughs> I don't know. What the, I don't know what that means. I haven't even so, downloaded the game yet. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, well, go, go ahead and do that now. You can beat it in the next three minutes. <laughs> That's Fox Boy. So okay, so we're all sounds like we're puzzle fans, and puzzle games are great. They come in a lot of different flavors and varieties. Some of which just challenge your patience, like jigsaw puzzles. And we say, hey, look, a bunch of pieces. Uh, it's going to take me three hours to look at all these tiny little details, but to figure out which pieces go together is not hard on the brain at all. You either stick them together, and if they stick, you thumbs up, or you look at the picture, and that's it. So those typically test your patience, but what we like in our video games typically are puzzles that stretch our brain a little bit more. They are supposed to challenge us to think about rules and how they intersect and uh, recognize possibilities among many 
no solution possibilities. So you're like, there's a hundred ways to do this wrong. I got to find the right way to do this. And instead of doing trial and error for a hundred attempts, I'm going to use my brain, cut it down to 10 attempts. Yes, I got it. I feel good about myself. So yay, puzzle games. Okay, so we got Box Boy. And like a lot of modern puzzle games, which are found on phones and handheld devices, or uh, handheld phones, they like to make the difficulty curve really smooth because they're rocking some kind of free-to-play model and they don't want to alienate people too quickly, but they want to give them something they can do easily with one hand and while they're waiting in line and stuff. So from the award-winning train yard to games like Cut the Rope to all these puzzle games, you typically see a smooth difficulty curve. And now we have Box Boy. Yay for Box Boy. However, like you guys have already said, there seems to be a stark refusal to combine elements <laughs> as the game goes along. So you're in World 6, and you're like, yeah, where's my, my laser beam conveyor belt level? And they're like, nope. <laughs> you just don't get it. Too bad. Would you like another <laughs> another world filled with very basic elements that you can you can take one by one? You're like, all right, that's cool. So yeah. we all know that Box Boy is super slow, <laughs> super slow on the progression. Uh, but and I think we kind of touched on it. But by the end, did everyone feel like Box Boy at least had a level that combined three to four elements per stage? Is that correct? Yes. yes. Maybe not that many. Multiple tools and... Yeah, and definitely in the bonus levels. Yeah. Cool. I definitely saw a conveyor belt and a laser and a switch. So that's like three worlds all by itself, right? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And well, I think... the rumors and speculation. <laughs> they may not have been lasers. <laughs> so... So, you know, at least the game gets to some interesting combinations by the end. Uh, for these kind of puzzle games, usually when things combine, it's when they get really interesting. So we have to consider how interesting can you make a game when you're, one, only using one element at a time, right? It's kind of like saying, how much of a song can you make with one note? And you're like, that song sounds one note to me. Like That's, that's exactly <laughs> why we have the phrase. It's just the same note. You may be able to vary the rhythm. Maybe I would surprise them with like a 10-hour block of silence where they're just sitting on the edge of their seat. But <laughs> we all know there's not much you can do with, with one element. And the game pretty much stuck with one element per world. Maybe one or two, right? Like, ooh, lasers, lasers and switches, conveyor belts and lasers. Like, okay, okay, I'm feeling it a little bit, just a little bit. So, yeah, the game does a better job towards the end. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get that out before we're like, how could it have been better? Because the thing is, when puzzle games are slow, we kind of need that mental challenge in order, it's kind of what we're looking for. And when it's just so, when the difficulty curve is so smooth, it's like, you're teaching me at a rate where I'm mastering these challenges as I go along, and it's not really stumping me very much. I think there was a question asked before, did anybody get stumped? Yeah. Yeah. Emily, uh, stumped as in you close the DS and say, "I hate this game." Oh, no. <laughs> no, not not. Oh, not that much. <laughs> there was just... I have the all. But just to remind you, there was a hint system. So oh, you did anybody stumped. use it? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My pride it. wouldn't allow it. Yeah, I didn't Ooh. either. It cost me valuable puzzle swap pieces, but yeah, I used it. You can also um, 
There are like I text have tutorials. Pieces. <laughs> there are what? There are text tutorials that you can buy using the in-game diamond things, but I didn't oh, read those either. Oh, that's interesting. Text tutorial? Oh, oh, right, those. Yeah. Those I was are really... the first thing. Those are always tutorials. Those are more like tips. Yeah, yeah. Helps. So, though you may have been stumped every now and then, uh, did everyone find themselves getting the black crowns for every level as they went along, or did you have to go back for those? Oh, no, I definitely got all those as I went along. There is yeah, not I... one that I missed. I'd go back for some of them, yes. I think there might have been one or two that I got unconventionally, like in a way that I don't think they expected me to get, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I got them nonetheless, and that made me feel smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think- I definitely know some of these puzzles uh, can be solved more than one way. I know for uh, one of Greg's videos, World 16-7, he solved it in a way different. His box was in a different shape than the one I made. Oh, that's cool. So, um, one thing I feel like the game, I feel like the game was easy enough with that curve, and I felt like they gave you enough, you know, a tip button, a hint button, and apparently you can buy stuff at the shop. I didn't really realize, but then they went and did this weird thing where, in order to get the crown, you have to have used X number of boxes or fewer, right? You're like, whoa, cool. Something I can shoot for. But then every two steps, they put a checkpoint, and then they allow you to reset to that checkpoint, which also resets your box count, right? Uh, <coughs> oh, it resets it to what it was when you passed the checkpoint. Yeah, that's super cheap. Why yeah. would they do that? <laughs> that means you just, like, throw boxes everywhere, hit LR, throw boxes everywhere. And when you well, get there, it, you but, there, but there are points you where... You have to stop level all and all again. No, but, th- but there are points where if... If you pass a checkpoint and use too many boxes at that point, you are not going to get the crown. Yeah. So there is some four-star involved. I make a little habit of, if I feel like I use too many boxes, why not just hit LR and then solve that one screen's worth of challenge real quick and then conserve your boxes, right? <laughs> I felt yeah. like that catered to me oh. really well. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really do that. I didn't really feel like that. <laughs> I feel like the game had no enforcement of even what little challenge it was trying to give there. Because, you yeah. know, it'd be neat if you had to sit there and go, let me think about this, because these, these crowns are on the line here. And I was just like, whatever. Bleep, 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 bleep. Reset. Let's go. And the levels were like three rooms long, so it's not like redoing it would have been that big of a deal. Yeah. I have been through the game three times at this point, so yeah. How'd you do that? Uh, once for my initial playthrough, once for a rehearsal, once to record, and the game is broken up such that, like, it's really easy to just memorize 30 seconds of gameplay and get it recorded that way. Um, That's neat. So, um, so here's what's really interesting. So there's multiple layers, types of level design. I went over the jigsaw, because we, it's easy to understand. So now we're into cool, like, puzzle game territory, and, um, for puzzle platformers, I think one of the lowest, like, lowest quality, not quality, but, like, one of the easiest ideas to pull off is manipulating switches, right? Yeah. I think every puzzle game says, okay, if we want you to go here to here, let's put a switch over there and force them to go zigzag across this area. So the challenge becomes, first, where do I go? 
And then two, how do I get there? Yeah. Figuring out how is a matter of understanding sequence of switches and pathing. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. Brain. My brain's being used. Uh, I have a particular example of what you're talking about. Here's something that I kind of think might be just a problem with the way they went about levels in general is that they always made you go, you know, left to right pointing to B. So the whole switch thing is like only so many places you can put the switches. It was usually, <laughs> right? Cause you're, you're going in a straight line. But the more interesting levels were usually the ones when they put you in this condensed space that you zigzag around. Mm-hmm. And world 11-7, if you want to take a look at it, is an example of where that happens and probably more of where I expected these puzzles to go. So yeah, switch, like you're saying, that's kind of a really good point. One of the no-nos for level design and uh, puzzle design is do not put the key in front of the player before they realize there's a locked door, right? Basic stuff. Like, key, what is this for? Take a step forward. Door, obviously. You're supposed (laughs) to go, door, oh man, and then look around and go, key, where are you? Or how do I get you? Something to that nature, right? It's in Box Boy because everything is sort of single screen, which one is great for cleanness of game design, level design. You're like, hey, I see everything. There ain't no tricks here. This isn't like Braid on that one puzzle. <laughs> but um, having everything on the screen is great. But then there's that sort of, there's that con of, hey, I see everything. It's not a mystery. There's only so many ways I can wiggle my box around, especially when the levels are like, you have three boxes. You're like, hmm, I wonder what I do. Forward, forward, forward. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little exaggeration, but you guys, you guys get the point. Yeah. So what level was that? 11? 11-7. So, that's the one with the uh, pushable blocks, and you can see the crown inside the like donut hole of the block. Oh, what a neat right. level. Yeah, right. I like this level. It's pretty easy for a ninja, though. Yeah, it, but this level definitely stood out to me, because it wasn't like what they were doing with all the other levels that came before to, with these pushable blocks. Yeah, so... <laughs> Pushable blocks, definitely something that is more advanced on the puzzle scale than switches, because switches are kind of static. You plop them down and you force the player to zigzag. But these pushable blocks, you know, take up space, they fall due to gravity, they can be pushed by you or or your little blocks you extrude. Much more interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. Did any Uh, other levels stand out to anybody else? To me, the entirety of World 16 with the Electro Blocks, usually it involved having to plan out the shape of your box as it would move through space. So, for example, you would have to make some Z shape so that the Electro Block would push it to the right and then would fall down and then would push it to the left, something along those lines. Those definitely you have to sit there and plan out because you can't jump on the Electro Box at all and just make another box to move where you wanted to. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Yeah. I loved all the levels that had multiple moving parts and uh, sticky spots and switches and lasers. Felt yeah. like you had to turn yourself into a machine, like our favorite movie Transformers that we discussed <laughs> previously. Anytime I had to like turn myself into Bumblebee, and I was like, "All right, now grab me, crane arm." I'm like, "This is so amazing." <laughs> that was some of the best. That was some really good stuff, right? Not only did it combine multiple elements from multiple worlds but 
that challenge in particular was more unique than so many other sort of find the sequence challenges. Yeah. I think the most memorable puzzle for me was in 5-4. It's the first one where you have to push yourself, and I don't think they ever give you a tutorial, like, oh, yeah. animated GIF that you can push yourself. I'm going there now. Yeah, that that's what I call the extend trick. So when Box Boy extends out his boxes, if he does it alongside a wall, he can actually use it to push himself off the wall and hang over a gap, and then he can just slither right back onto it. You have to do that in order to reach the crown in that level. Yeah, it was the only crown that stumped me. I was like, I've been playing this game for two and a half hours straight. Like, <laughs> uh, my mind, I can't solve this. <laughs> yeah, that that was the the first moment when I just sit there and cycle through, okay, what can Box Boy do that I can probably reach this thing? And that's when I learned about the extend trick. Hmm. Very cool. Oh, let's see. I can't remember which world it was now. The one with the baddies? Little spikies that you have to, to catch? Oh, yeah, spikies. That's world... It's not 11. It's 14. Ah, okay. 14. Okay, let's see. Which There was one in 14 that was particularly stumpy, and then when I figured it out, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think I know which one you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's either 14-7 or 14-5. It, it had this this really narrow hole that you had to, to trap the spiny in. I'm like, how the hell am I going to lure that guy there? Without oh, I'm going to get there, 14-7. Yeah, let's, let's watch it. See if it's oh, the one Mario fans thinking of. Oh, you're looking at levels. Cheaters. Yeah, yeah. Man, we put the playlist there for us to stop and look at whatever we <laughs> thought you guys so, had brilliant memories. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I was struggling to remember some of the stuff that I keep looking back in my notes to go, oh, remember that level with the cranes? It was, uh, which one was it again? I kept doing that a lot. So when I kept saying, let me get there, you guys thought I was using the videos? Yeah. I was just playing them in the game. <laughs> I was beating them. I'm like, this is so fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. A 14-7. I don't know if it's the one Wirefan's thinking of, but it does have a neat trick. Where's the uh, uh, timestamp? Uh, go to one minute and five seconds. Man, I love these spinies. I think I did them all incorrectly. I just, like, trapped them on my hat. I made a hat and then jumped around like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not the one I was thinking of, actually. Um, let me see if I can find it. No, it was 14 4. 14 4? Yeah. Let me uh, see this. See. Oh, this is the best resource ever. About, oh. uh, 10 seconds in, he'll get to where I was having so much trouble, and then I realized, oh, that is what I have to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to manipulate the fact that when Box Boy creates another box, it destroys the ones that are already there. Because and that, yeah, that, that one, hit. It's just, you know, the pit. You're, you're so used to, um, yeah, the pit. So good. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. This, this was cool. Yeah. It, it takes advantage of one of the more, like, I guess you can say nuanced properties of Fox Boys mechanics. You could say that, but you did say that. <laughs> I did say that. The pit, I'm going to give you, show you guys a link to something that reminds me of that pit problem. Let me see. Keep talking. Sure. You're just you're so used to like you know having Box Boy do it on the surface, and then here's one where you have to like figure out how to 
do it without killing yourself. And it's just, you get this aha moment once you do. Yeah. I was like, aha, this is not a waste of my time. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what I said to myself just now on this podcast. <laughs> you know, I was wondering, when, for everyone in this hangout, when did Box Boy first become, when did you think the game really started getting interesting? World 18. <laughs> oh. Yeah, since we're, you know, talking about pace and progression and all that, we're all talking about how easy and slow the start is. I think um, I, the challenges offer great interest. Uh, yeah, I, I just finished the challenges the other night. They're also super cool. I did three of them, and I'm enjoying them. I thought the treasure chest every so often were really cool. That was like that was my motivator for completing worlds, just to see what new costumes I could unlock. All right, I got the gif. Here's the link, guys. Oh, oh. Starseed. That's what the pit reminded me of. Oh, what? What? <laughs> Whoa! What? How did that happen? That's new Tetris rules for you. Now, if you if you spin it and there's a an open space that matches the area it's going to go to, it's perfectly legal to to T-spin like that or whatever. Oh. Whatever spin. So the box boy, you can kind of extrude boxes into tiny shapes like that, but <laughs> this is, that's it. Like, that's that's the same challenge, right? <laughs> boy, this is going to be an interesting thing to explain to people who listen to this afterwards. Oh, don't yeah. worry about them. Which <laughs> <laughs> I can describe it. In Tetris, normally... No, 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 no. Which, which, game, which Tetris port is this? Which Tetris version? I don't yeah, know. Version. It's like a cell phone. You look like a cell phone. It's not. <laughs> not a cell phone version of the game. Yeah, it yeah, looks too yeah. good to be in a cell phone version. It actually looks like it has decent controls. Look, yeah. the pieces go where you want to. It can't be a cell phone game. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tetris, what we're talking about is basically, you can make, uh, you're typically in Tetris, you put pieces down to be nice and orderly, you're like, I'm going to eliminate these lines as I go, but when you suck, like most of us do, you get these weird shapes and holes down in the pit, and you're like, man, how am I ever going to solve that? i got to work my way down from the top, but really expert players have found a way to make a pit that's the shape of exactly how they want it, so they can spin a piece all the way from the top through the junk to the bottom, and clear lines that would normally be inaccessible for people of lesser minds. That's us. So, <laughs> that's why this particular picture is impressive, and it reminded me a lot of the Box Boy Challenge. Cool. Yeah, there are, I guess in general, there are challenges in Box Boy where you need to put a box below you, and because you can't put a box directly below you, you kind of have to snake around Box Boy himself. It's always going to be kind of weirdo like that. Yeah. After the abstract discussion of pacing, we come back with a concrete look at design space. It's a casual review of our favorite parts of Box Boy. We're back with another segment on Box Boy, this time uh, taking a sample of its design space. Wario fan, I wanted to ask, uh, what's your favorite world in Box Boy? Uh, that's uh, World 10 with the uh, the warps. All right. I just think it's 
it makes the puzzles fun to solve in a way. Like, I can see where the entrance is, I can see where the exit is, and I can tell what's going to happen if I throw a box down there or if I go down there or what. Okay. So would you say it makes puzzles more complex? I don't know about more complex, but I did have to use my thinking cap on a few of them, or at least to get a crown or two. I was to interject, I would say they definitely make them more complex. Why is that? Well, because that increases the possibility space of where boxes can be. Normally, you throw boxes on the bottom of the pit, they're gone. Or if you throw them down, they go down, they stay there. But now you can loop them around the screen. And you have to do that for a few of the puzzles. You have to think about where you're going to throw the box, how the box is going to exit to the other warp side. Well, I guess... In relation to how you throw it in. Yeah, I, I was sort of seeing it like, for the non-loop ones anyway, it was more like a trial and error thing. Like, you can make a shape, throw it down there, and see if it'll stick. I yeah. gotcha. And that'll cost you, like, the box limit, but you can always just retry the level. Yeah, yeah, that's my strategy. Okay. Did it stress any real-time gameplay skills? How do you mean real-time gameplay skills? So real-time gameplay skills would be, like, reflexes or timing and stuff like that. Oh, so, like, how... Earlier, when the game kind of teaches you how to do little hooks, you sort of naturally try to make hooks when you come across cliffs. Right, so that you have to execute the jump in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I think it did, uh, you know, it was a combination of whether I could hook here or or make a staircase here or or an L block or wherever. Sounds like there's not too much you have to time with uh, the warps. Right. Yeah, there's more planning. Yeah. So what did you learn about QB's moveset when you played World 10? I guess it didn't really add much to QB's repertoire, in a way. It just sort of highlighted something he could do. They just gave you some extra uh, space to work with, I guess, you'd say. So that the, the thing you had to learn is pretty local to these levels and not a skill that you could take into another world? Right, yeah, because it's, it's all dependent on whether there are warps or not in the levels. Right. Yeah. Just want to keep in mind that a lot of puzzle games are also like that. Like, just think of Braid. Obviously, stuff like time and space, those puzzles are only going to work in the levels where time moves with where you're positioned in the level. So, puzzle challenges being relative to the level elements and not necessarily, you know, you learning new moves or things like that is common. I was just throwing that out. So, yeah, Box Boy's not learning any new moves, and this only works in levels where there are warps, but. You know, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Wario fan, would you say any other worlds are similar to the warp world? Well, I haven't had the chance to go through all the bonus levels yet, so I don't know if there's any that uh, have a significant amount of warps. Are there and... any non-warp elements that seem similar to warps? Oh, hmm. Maybe the cranes? How's that? I guess because um, it also allows you to experiment with uh, throwing boxes somewhere without having to get directly involved yourself. Yeah, the crane will move boxes for you so you can have it sent ahead of you. Yeah. I gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, I know in one of these World 10 levels you have to do that where you have to throw out a box into the portal and then let it land and then jump in yourself. Yeah, that happens at least once. Yeah, you have to like throw it on a bed of spikes or something. I'm trying to look for one. That right. happens in World 10 2. 10 2. 10 2? Okay. Let's take a look. Uh, I also see it happening in uh, World 10 4. 
did we want to talk about either in specific? Oh, you actually do this neat loop trick in 10-4. Yeah, 10-4 okay, actually uh, reminds me of Metal Storm. Really? Well, I've never played Metal Storm, so maybe that so wouldn't be so bizarre to someone who's actually played the game. But why do you say that? There's a world in Metal Storm, I think it's the sixth one, where you wrap around the screen. If you fall off the bottom, you fall off the top, back on by the top. And there's also a bunch of places okay. where you can fall into spikes. What about that? Yeah. It's a good roll. Well, 10-2 is also neat, uh, especially that crown. So Wario Fan earlier was talking about you know using his brain. I think that part right there in 10-2 is probably going to be one of those if he was aiming for that crown. So what about that is hard to... Like, how does that test your knowledge? Because there's two crowns in this level. So your goal is to try and get that crown without wasting too many blocks to get to the other crown. So you're trying to figure out, okay, how can I get across? And how can I pick up the crown? And how, how can I, what can I make that serves both of these goals at once? So, you know, you're, you're, you're just experimenting with different shapes and throwing them in and seeing what works and what won't. And, uh, yeah, that's the gist of it. Yeah, I actually think that speaks to what makes up my favorite puzzles in Box Boy, when you have to satisfy more than one condition. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the main thing that makes a puzzle game interesting is when you need to account for more than one complexity at once. You know, that's yeah. that's always Miyamoto's favorite saying. Right, yeah. A solution or an idea is something that solves more than one problem or something like that. Oh, he actually said something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, he, said yeah. that, he also said that in relation to Yoshi's Island. Yeah, well, I actually thought he was referring to a different quote, and it was the one about getting a player... To juggle multiple simple things at the same time is what makes for a lot of Pikmin. fun in games. Yeah, I think that might he said it that. Pikmin. I thought he said that from Mario, but that does sound fitting. No. For Pikmin. <laughs> it's not from Mario. You know, do multiple things. Mario 128. Mario. Yeah, yeah, you do. Like what? You you put I'm a lot of around. Yeah, you put a lot of like simple stuff to jump around no, in the same space. Around. All right. Okay. I, either way, the 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 quote was relevant to Box Boy as well because of uh, managing multiple simple things is cool. I, you know what? I think Box Boy might be built on every single Miyamoto quote. I mean, you know, <laughs> the one about the delayed game—that's totally applies to Box Boy. Oh yeah, this game uh, was delayed. Yeah, it should have been delayed longer. <laughs> no. Uh, so Wario fan, would you say Box Boy makes good use of its uh, design space in general? All of um, the different ideas it has, like overall, not outside of World Ten too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's definitely a world designed for Box Boy or Cuby. Like all the, the the hooks you can do, the the snaking, I think they call it. Uh, the the shields you can make with your boxes. It's uh, definitely yeah. Oh. They get mileage out of their ideas. Right. I gotcha. Shouty, what is your favorite world in Box Boy? World 13. And what does that add to the design space? It's the world where um, you have these rows of, um, of stars, and they're stacked on top of each other, and they have different configurations between star blocks and uh, like lightning bolts uh, being run through them. And uh, they're stacked on top of each other, so you you have to make up um, a strip of block 
that will go through all of them at, at once in one go. It's like playing Tetris. Yeah, yeah kind the, of. The game calls them puzzle blocks. <laughs> it's also uh, hearing you talk about star blocks and stacking makes me think of Star Stacker. Yeah, Kirby Star Stacker. Yeah, another Star Stacker is Super Star Stacker. Is the one that we got. So, do the puzzle blocks make puzzles more complex? I mean, they introduce their own type of uh, puzzle, and I think they're complex in their own right, rather than adding on to anything else that's already been done. Right, it's just finding a new way to fit blocks into a certain space? Yeah. Okay. Does it stress any real-time gameplay skills? It can, as you drop the block into the stacks of um, puzzle blocks. You might want to move yourself to a better position to get a crown or something yeah, to get to the next area. Yeah, you'll be dropping... I think that even the first one, uh, first stage in the world, has a place where you need to drop through disappearing blocks. Um, yeah. There's also... I found sometimes, like, if you do it perfectly, then you never need to do this. But if you want, you can, like, spawn a block, have it disappear a line of star blocks, and then spawn a new block and jump on it before the star blocks disappear. Yeah. That's tricky. And if we do things one at a time. Yeah. But really not supposed to. No. Most instances of this puzzle. It actually, in general, Box Boy will let you kind of fudge things like that every now and then. Yeah. Did you learn anything about QB's moveset when you played through World 13? No. I feel like at this point in the game, you've done anything you can with QB's moveset. Okay. If you want a good example for the real-time skill thing, uh, look at 13-4 and what you had to do to get the crown in that one. Yeah, that's probably what I was thinking of. Like, it's right in between the little laser thing, and then you have to create this big end piece. And you have to make sure that you fall on top of it yeah. in order to get it. Oh yeah, this is the stage I was thinking of where you have to drop on something. It wasn't the first one in the world. No, the first one in the world you're meant to do one at a time, actually. I gotcha. Isn't that just sort of easing you into the concept, this sort of falling block puzzle concept? Now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen a puzzle game where it's like, uh, like an action puzzle game, but it incorporates... I guess, more traditional falling block puzzle elements like this. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very of the Tetris-type sort of challenges, but being uh, approached through a, a platformer-type game where you control an entity on screen rather than like a set of blocks. Yeah, it's really neat how they take advantage of Boxboy's moveset in that sense. Mm-hmm. Are there any worlds similar to World 13? I think World 10 is similar to World 13, in that you have to, just like how you have to plan out the shapes in uh, this world, for the puzzle blocks, you have to plan out a shape to throw through the warp. Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of elements in Box Boy involve planning, in that you need to look at the space before you and examine what shape of blocks would get you through that space. Yeah, I think World 10 in specific is about dropping them down dropping the blocks down. Oh, and so is World 13, because you drop them down into the star blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. 13, uh, I think it actually goes extreme, is that you have to anticipate where the blocks will draw in order to go through three lanes of those puzzle blocks. And that's why you have some of the crazier shapes 
that you make in, I think, 13-5. Yeah, I think that's what I learned out of, or learned about QB's moveset uh, from World 13. Oh, wait, Just 13, about making four. shapes with really large box limits. I actually meant to say 13-4. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so would you say Box Boy makes good use of its design space in general? Does the game make good use of all the ideas that it presents? I think it doesn't do that until the end of the game. After the end of the game, I mean. When it starts mixing together different elements? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Adrian, what is your favorite world in Box Boy? Oh, man. I might actually have two. I don't really have favorite, but I have two that I've been looking at. And that is World 16 with the Electro Blocks. And whichever is the one with the cranes, which I can't remember. I think that might have been World 9? It's World 7. I mean, World 8. World 8 is the one with the crowns. Cranes. Yep, World 8. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, So uh, let's just stick with one. All right, I'll stick with 16 then. Okay. Do the electro blocks make puzzles more complex? Do they make them more? Yes. How so? Well, the thing is, most Electroblocks tend to move back and forth, so taking, you have to take into account the fact that by it doing that, it can also shift out of place your own boxes that you have to throw on top of it. And you have to throw your boxes on top of it, because, you know, you'll get electrocuted if you stand on them. So that's the major source of complexity right there, is that you can't stand on them, and they tend to move. And some of the puzzles involve Electroblocks pushing a platform right and then down and then right again. So you have to take in consideration the shape of the boxes that you're throwing onto them, uh, especially when you need to go for a crown. I know one puzzle in a 16 3. Yeah, you have to create a Z piece in order to reach the crown and the exit. Oh no, this ain't the one I'm thinking. Is it 16 2? Okay, yeah, 16 2. It's 16 2. Yeah, actually, it's a sideways Z piece. You have to make it go right, then down, then right, then down, then down again and then have it push it over twice in order to get the crown. That's actually, I think, what you have to do in order to get past that anyway, but that was an example of when the crown actually sort of served as a show-me-the-way kind of thing. And that's also an instance of what we're talking about, where you're thinking about having the boxes meet multiple things. I don't remember how we phrased it, but you were basically thinking about having it move, having it shaped in such a way that the top would push it, and then the bottom would push it, and it would still be high enough for you to jump to the other side. Right, so you get more complexities because it has to serve those multiple purposes. Mm-hmm. That comes in combination, you know, with the level design too. The electro blocks and and the shape of you know the walls and things. Oh yeah, the static and dynamic elements. Yeah, the size of the gaps that you need to cross, blah blah. Yeah. So it sounds like you also are speaking to uh, the real time gameplay skills involved in World Sixteen. Well, if you're basically saying that things change over time, yeah, I'm talking about that too. So you're going to consider where the boxes are going to be, obviously, over a period of time. They don't stay in one place, not in these levels. Well, more than things moving, though, do you think it demanded any of your real-time skills? Well, yes, yes. You have to obviously build those blocks before that thing pushes it. Otherwise, it's going to push you off before you get a chance to finish making it. Oh, yeah. You have to do. You have to time the building of the blocks. Yeah, so you have to make sure it's all the way to the left, then build out that seven or six block structure. I forgot how big it was. Yeah, to take into account how long it'll take. But yeah. I feel like the, I feel like Box Boy's level design is lenient enough that you can take your time with making your block, the, the, the correct block configuration. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so it's not demand those skills that much. Yeah. Technically, it, it involves real time gameplay skills, but it's, it's in practice, you to it's, the extent of other. So it would be like taxing if my mom tried to play it, but not if, you know someone <laughs> yeah. who's played games their entire life. It, it, it's like how some people can have trouble with uh, the double loop in Portal. Yeah, I know. I've even though, even though I find that, that pretty game. easy. You you haven't played Portal? Uh, no. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Thank you. No, I I don't mean it. I haven't played Banjo Kazooie. Well, um, yeah. Change that. I think I'd rather really? play Banjo Kazooie than Portal. Okay. <laughs> um. So what? Before we get to insane, uh, <laughs> what did you learn about QB's move set when you played through World Sixteen? It definitely made me pay attention more to um the shape of the blocks and how they would move through space. But I definitely had to stand there a lot more and actually think about where these things were going to go. But otherwise, a lot of the same tricks I found were still useful. The hook jump was still useful. Making L's and Z-shaped things, uh, that was still useful. I feel like World 16 is so far in the game that they've kind of expended all of QB's mechanical potential. Right. Yeah, that one. That was a good one. Sixteen dash five. It's a it's a variation of the extend trick, but it was one that I didn't I haven't used up until this point. And near the end of sixteen dash five, there's an L shaped electro block. When it comes over to the right, you have to extend your blocks up, right twice, and then down into it so that it lifts Box Boy up into the air, so that you know you can actually reach the crown, and then you can drop down and go to the exit. Yeah. So he's high enough to reach the crown, but also far left enough to land on that one block where the door is so he doesn't fall on the spikes. That took me a while to get because I don't think you ride something like that prior in the game. I think that's novel right. for that stage. The only other ri- stuff where you, level where you ride stuff would be the ones with the cranes. Why is my memory on this game so bad? I don't even remember if there were other levels of moving platforms. <laughs> Like it's kind of not a very memorable game. Yeah. Because it's very minimalist in graphics. Are there any other worlds similar to World 16? Uh, I would say the one with the cranes, World 8. It's one of the few where the, where the level element itself that you're working with is moving around. Normally the other level elements that in Box Boy that you work with are warps, spikes, sticky spots. They're all static. Yeah, switches, they all stay in one place, but these are one of, some of the few that um that move around, and you have to consider you know, what your blocks are doing as they're moving through space. Like with the crane, some of the levels involved you needing to preemptively put a block onto them, or, yeah, extending it so that you go down low enough, and then pulling yourself back up again. Can't remember the exact number, but I remember there was one that you had to do something like that. Yeah, I remember that too. Okay. Would you say Box Boy makes good use of its design space in general? In general, I say it drops the ball on, on more than one occasion on that. It's really the beginning of the game. It, it wasn't until level 5 or World 5 that I wrote anything about the game because most of the puzzles were just way too straightforward. It's like, okay, you learn this maneuver where Box Boy, if he jumps on a platform and his one of his blocks are on that platform, he can zip himself or slither himself up right back up to it. And it's like, all right. And then they have a level where you just do that three times. Actually, I think the whole world was just seven different ways of them making you do that yeah. same hook jump. Yeah. So it's like, oh, man, this, I hope this goes somewhere. 
World 5, they did that one thing with the crown, but that was the only thing about World 5 that I wrote about, where you learn the extend trick, where if Box Boy extends a block into you know a wall, it'll actually push him outward, and you have to do that to get a crown hanging over a gap. So that one was definitely neat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, six, I, I wrote Staircase, so I don't remember what about World 6. I have to look it up. You probably had to climb. Yeah. You sometimes make, make staircases. Yeah. It, so, for me, it wasn't until World 8 where most of the levels were offering something interesting. Okay. I think this is because Vox Boy has, as in, in, like in a vacuum, his own mechanics are, not QB's own mechanics are, um, can only have so much potential, so... Yeah, um, they had to pace it out in a way that they they don't just have everything to the uh, at the start, and it would just it would be less interesting if everything was just dependent on the level design. Still, though, they they definitely could have um sped up that. Like you could cut out thing. you could cut out yeah. a significant portion of the early game. Yeah, they yeah, they needed to do game. they needed to do some editing because no doubt, like look at one of the earlier levels in World Four where it's literally that you doing the same jump like three different times or okay or, or even just like world one where it's like really silly it's like okay here's a a platform that's too high throw a block now throw another one that's this time it's one block longer throw another one this time this one's three blocks longer it's like all right this is it's splitting hairs yeah it's splitting hairs it's like you can definitely move faster than that yeah so yeah, much... other than that um design space later in the game definitely picks up and if they are doing what you're saying the bonus levels are doing, that's mixing and matching them more, then that sounds great because um, one of my quibbles with some of these later levels is that they seem to be exclusive. So you don't see puzzle blocks interacting with the gravity. You don't see the puzzle blocks interacting or gravity interacting with electro blocks, which mixing those three already, I can think of some pretty cool things they can do with it. Another thing in general... So wait, that, before, before we move on, there are... A select few elements that they mix and match, like they'll put switches with other stuff. But in general, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I know they they use lasers. Yeah. Lasers are recurring, surprisingly, more recurring than you would think. But other stuff like sticky spots, the cranes, they're much more rare, and they seem to be stuck to their respective worlds. If the bonus worlds mix them more, I would say it does use its design space better. The be- the beginning is just mismanaged. It needs some editing. It's, it's it's too slow paced. Yeah, the game kind of does drag on in a few parts. Right. Like as an especially as an eShop game, I feel like it might be too long. Yeah. I don't think it's too long. These levels are usually so bite sized. There there's just some parts where even in some of these later levels I'm like skipping out notes. Like I don't have anything for eleven one or eleven two or eleven four because the the puzzles occasionally they get too straightforward again. It's like, okay, we introduce a new thing, but then it's like they redo the intro, like, in three different ways. Yeah, I guess the level designers were, there were only so many level designers. I don't know if they, if I want to say they went about it a bit too formulaic, where they, like, put in almost every permutation they could think of, even though some of them weren't significantly, they weren't different enough. They weren't interesting. Yeah. Because there needs to be some slack. There's nothing to figure out if it's just one bit more complex than the last thing. Right. But if you have to, if it's two more bits complex, 
then you have to work your way there somehow. And yeah. I suppose the hard it, thing is knowing, like, you know, how many bits of complexity you're adding at any given time. I guess so to use a metaphor, it's like, you know, games, they stair-step their concept. It's like, imagine a staircase where the steps were too small, so you end up wanting to step over two and three of them at a time. And finally, our discussion wraps up by comparing Box Boy to other games, in a game that can only be called Meets, Meets, Meets. Or does anybody want to play Meets, Meets, Meets? What's that? What is that? You guys ever heard of a meat sandwich? Yes. Where it's just, it's just meat... <laughs> meat and meat. So that's, that's part of a joke. I heard this from uh, the Out of Thumbs podcast, but sometimes when they're describing a game, they're like, hey, it's this meets this meets this, and oh, therefore bad. it makes a bad. Did you just call my pun bad? Uh, no, I, I thought you were yeah. using the, the meat. That's part of the, the joke. Oh, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> meets, meets, meets. So you're like, if you had to describe Box Boy to somebody... Or if you want to have a really cool conversation and you say, I need you to play this game and this game and this game, which three games would you pick? Um. Uh, I, I typically don't like to do that because I feel like it invalidates whatever the, the game you're talking about. Because you're a vegetarian? No, because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's terms like Metroidvania that it reminds me of. Uh. Somebody's got to play meets, meets, meets with me. <laughs> um, as Vox Boy meets Tetris meets Starseed Pilgrim. I'm, wait, I can't use Vox Boy meets. Yeah, it's, it's, you cheated. Tetris meets Starseed Pilgrim meets. I need one more game. It's Mario. like Starseed Pilgrim, but you control what you're doing rather than getting Ooh, random stuff. Ouch. Ouch. Not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Starseed's a good one. Starseed uh, Box Life for the DSi was a good Ooh. one because you're manipulating shapes and you kind of do make some of the shapes from Box Life. That's an excellent game. Then the last game I would throw in is uh, Snakebird. Kind of mentioned it briefly at the top podcast, but um, it's kind of sent me on this weird tangent recently where I was looking into games that have similar mechanics to Box Boy, you know, pushing out and platforming upon. And there aren't a lot of games that do that. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's a well, neat does, idea. Does Mario vs. Donkey Kong do anything like that? Oh, what does it do? Oh my gosh. There is one level in the original GB, Mario vs. Mario and Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong. And um, you can activate these buttons that shoot off a, a platform. But you can manipulate where the buttons are before you activate them. So you can create platforms in midair and then run on them. That's kind of like that but not for the whole game. Okay. I guess in the third Mario vs. Donkey Kong, where you are controlling the mini Marios around and picking up those little turquoise cubes and placing them in different places, that is like making platforms, but it's not really extruding. It's more like picking up and putting down. I think the real word's extruding, but I say extruding. So, you know. Yeah, it sounds foul. Uh, breakfast <laughs> extrudal. 
It's excruciating. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> well, it sounds too close to excrete, so that's why it sounds foul to me. Mm, good. So yeah, that's a meets meets meets. I think it's cool when you compare what the other games did, and you know where they where they stopped developing levels and content. You're like, this game did this much with this little, and Box Boy has all these cool pieces, but they only combined them a few times for the main game. You're like, I still got to play the extra game content. Don't you dare. You were about to spoil <laughs> it. You were like, oh, wait till you... No, 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 no. I just thought of something. Um, does anyone know what Sutei Hakun is? I was thinking of that. Oh, yeah, that my... where you fill in the, the blocks with paint. Yeah. It What's is kind of, yeah. What's it called? It's called Sutei Hakun. It's spelled S-U-T-T-E space H-A... It's two Ks. Oh. It has a really good soundtrack. Oh yeah, it does. Was it Intelligent Systems that made it? No, it was some. It was a collab game. Indie Zero. Let me yeah, see. Indie Zero made it. You know the guys who made Electroplankton. Yeah. Electroplankton. Yeah. This, is, this game was practically. They also made the the cooking game, the cooking guide game. That was in that was in Brawl. The music was in Brawl. That was in Brawl. The, the music was in Brawl. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so, another puzzle to throw in the mix. Hanano puzzle. Made by some Japanese person, I believe. And uh, that's another rare puzzle game where you are sliding around blocks, almost um, Tetris attack style. But then if the blocks touch you know, certain other blocks, they will extrude in a particular direction. And when they do, they will push up other blocks at the same time. Very unique, very good puzzle game. This game looks cool. It is cool. That's the problem. Being, so box, looking cool is a problem? Uh, if we're talking about Box Boy. <laughs> yeah. Box Boy got pretty neat towards the end, so that's why I'm kind of like, hey, I can joke about it, but not feel bad that I'm making fun of it. And I actually kind of like it, but man, the, that first first yeah. hour and a half, first two hours. Yeah, like I didn't bo- I didn't even bother taking notes until like that one crown in World Five Four, and then my notes go empty again until Six Four, and then go empty again until Seven Two, and then from le- World Eight onward, I would say the game started staying consistently interesting and that was making do things and making you do neat tricks like in 8-1 where you had to retract yourself on the crane to get the crown I thought that was neat that was neat um there is a a special costume that affects your ability to make blocks the wizard yes now if they, if they call that a spoiler I blame you no they it talked about costumes that do that in the, the rat. Okay. So I, I thought it would been cool if they had a costume where it's like, you know, oh. don't spam so much, or you can only make a block oh. so f- so fast, oh. or you have less blocks. A, a costume that gives you a challenge instead of helping you? Yeah. <laughs> but then I think the challenges are tuned in a way where you need X amount of blocks for these things, and... Yeah. That's that's how they did it. I kind of would have liked um, maybe a mode to see 
how many puzzles I could do without jumping or something like that. Yeah, or if there was a special uh, world or level you could solve without jumping, they go, extra bonus, do not jump. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I remember if it was World 6 where it almost made you do like the whole thing, almost slithering. One of the levels actually was like that. Sandra, what were you going to say? No, well, I was just going to say so, um, achievements for each level. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the reason why that's hard is because there's only so much you can do in this game. Yeah, Move, true. jump, and make some boxes. <laughs> the thing is that, that QB isn't very good at jumping. He's only really good at making boxes. So if you limit his jumping, it's kind of like kicking out his crutches. I guess, uh, just to be more specific, he moves, jumps, he can create boxes, he can slither onto a box if it's hooked onto a platform and Box Boy is above the ground, and he can drop boxes and throw them. And crouch. And crouch, yeah. Which, I think there was one instance I actually had, I did have to use that, and it was to, I don't remember where. So yeah, that's his full move set. Alright. Oh, and I guess for the costume thing, I haven't thought about it much, but I thought it would be funny if Box Boy made rectangles instead of boxes. <laughs> that's what rectangles should do. Yeah, like why, what was the point of the other characters? It's that you got emotionally invested. I, I, I really did not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel bad when rectangle? No. <laughs> he went Spoiler. home. Spoiler. Spoiler. That's fine. We're fine with spoilers. No. It's just, yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that. But that's that's very unintended-like, I think. To have pointless emotional, no, to have pointless emotional investment in games like that. Whoa. You didn't feel for Rectangle? No. He didn't do anything. Because he couldn't get a girlfriend? <laughs> My girlfriend didn't do anything either. She sacrificed herself. So did you. No, I didn't. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> I stopped the game. <laughs> Any lingering thoughts on Box Boy? Uh, play Box Life. I I should. I should. Have, yes. Whoa! Come on, guys. I haven't played it. I'm sorry. Uh, play this free Hanano game or buy Snakebird and yeah, keep I the try puzzles. Snakebird. Snakebird is okay. So huge contrast compared to Box Boy. Snakebird has almost no tutorial, <laughs> like smooth curve right off the bat. You're like, whoa! Why am I stumped? And they're like, we will not help you. We are Snakebird. They, they, they talk in a we. I don't know why. But um, So the difficulty curve is really high, and then the levels just start throwing you in pretty much into the deep end. And they're like, deal with it. You beat a few levels, and then they unlock a rainbow level, which is like the super hard levels almost at the beginning, and you can tell you're so bad <laughs> when you try to solve <laughs> that. So nice contrast. So, Sanrio, I wanted to ask, are you going to the Nintendo theme park? If I can afford it. <laughs> All right. Any final words? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> Kirby Kid, are you going to the Nintendo theme park? Yes. Any final words? Yes. Very good. 
<laughs> Shouty, are you going to the Nintendo theme park? If it's going to be in Florida, then no. <laughs> Any Ouch. final words? No. Yes! <laughs> All right. Yes! Shouty, any... Uh, or, okay, I already asked Shouty. Um, Ask him again, no. maybe change his answer. <laughs> Adrian, are you going to the Nintendo theme park? No. Well, that's because I'll be going to White and Wild tomorrow. That always Son. sounds like something lewd. It does. I realized that once it came out of my mouth. Are you going... <laughs> or any final words? Maybe. All right. <laughs> And uh, Wario fan, are you going to the Nintendo theme park? I'll pay for everyone's tickets if I have to. We're going to commune the theme park. Oh, damn. Yay! Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's <And> a promise. <laughs> <laughs> Any final words? I I may regret that. <laughs> good. What do you mean good? Good. <laughs> good that you Just regret things. All music in this podcast was taken from Box Boy. I'll leave you with this final thought. When discussing puzzle games, we often consider the learning process. How much of this discussion comes to bear on action games? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com. <laughs>